G'day, mates. America is back, Alistair. We can turn those training teams into hope-filled lineups each and every weekend. Mate, the MLS is back, finally, in what seemed to be the longest off-season ever. We're finally here. We've made it. Yep. Feels good. Feels good. I mean, in honour of the occasion, I'm wearing my Canada jersey. <laughs> Go Caps. Um, yeah, look, man, It's uh, I've been spending all morning kind of like just putting in potential lineups. And whilst it's exciting to see so many players all of a sudden available, it's also a bit terrifying because now there's just way too much choice and I'm inevitably going to get it all wrong. Yeah, and I mean, something that's completely different to last MLS season is we've now got the Cap 240, Cap 270, Cap 220 modes. You know, it's not as simple as before I would put together an all-star team and I'd put together an America team and go, go for it. Now it's like, do I prioritize America? Do I prioritize Cap 270? Like, it's it's suddenly mm. quite the headache. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to that the Sarare Data podcast and they were talking about, you know, where to prioritize your lineups and I think they had some good points, but... I think at the end of the day, I was none the wiser really as to it all seems to work out the same. I think I feel like the the points you need to win are the, pretty much the same across all the divisions, which I guess is a good sign of a well-designed system. Um, so, yeah, I, I think just week to week, you've got to try and think, what is everyone doing? How do I zig when everyone's zagging, you know? And obviously last season was my first real attempt at properly actually understand the MLS and having a, a quite a, for my standards, a big gallery. Ah! Got <laughs> um, We probably learn a fair bit from last year though, right? Like I think I came in, I bought all the best guys in all the positions, you know, well, not the best, but I bought very, very good guys who are very highly inflated in price. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to roll out my Walker Zimmons. He's the best defender from last year. He's going to crush. You rolled out your Jack Prices. He was the best midfielder from Colorado. He's going to crush. And we quickly learned that the MLS is not quite like most other leagues where there are good teams and there are farmer league teams. In MLS, Philly could be versing Toronto and Toronto could still win 4-1. Yeah, I think we learned. I think the biggest takeaway for me from last year was that don't play MLS. <laughs> no question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. <laughs> I think we, we love the MLS and it's so much fun to watch and it's fun to, you know, I think we know the league so well. Like obviously our previous podcast was an MLS focused podcast, so we love it. Um, but man, it's hard to roll out five guys that are going to crush week to week. Like you just, you cannot have any confidence that your keeper is going to keep a clean sheet. You cannot have any confidence that your midfield is going to get a decisive of some kind. You've certainly got no confidence that your defender is going to, you know, do anything. It could be a 90 or a 25. It's, it's, it's so hard to, you cannot just come in and buy the best guys and win. Yeah. And you can't, yeah, you can't play the matchups. It's pretty much a lottery. And I think that's why a lot of those fullbacks and those sort of guys where they can either get 30 or they get 90. We've talked about a lot in the past about they're the kind of guys because there's just no one, there's no center back in the MLS that's like, I'm going to get you 65 every week. You know, mm. that you, whether it be against the best team or the worst team, there's really not much different. Um, you know, I remember last year, Austin was second and they're versing San Jose. And I was like, amazing, you know, a guaranteed uh, Austin clean sheet. I think they lost like five, two or something. I was like, all right, cool. Um, 
I definitely do think <laughs> that last year the exception was potentially Blake from Philly. I mean, I think that was probably the missing piece because Philly, it, to be fair, did keep a lot of clean sheets. Yeah, I think he, he, they broke the record for the most clean sheets in a year for MLS. So I don't know if they'll be able to better that. So I guess you will you will see some regression to the mean there. But yeah, obviously, Philly are a bit of a different beast to everyone else. So what's your um, what's your strategy for this year? What are you what are you taking into this year's MLS season? Are you going to be focusing on Champ America, or are you going to be using American cards in All Star? What's your what's your approach? Yeah, so this year I think I've learnt my lesson. In... Not this time. No, not this time. It's totally made up. Pure fiction. It's fiction. We love the MLS. It's great to watch. Um, it's accessible here in Australia to watch. Um, but it is best to use those midfielder, those forward cards, the very attacking league, plug them into all-star lineups. And my strategy for the first two months of this uh, MLS season is pair them with some European guys, so some defenders... Some guys that when they're versing the last place team, you're like, they are a very, very good chance of not only a clean sheet, but performing really well. And you compare them with, you know, your, your Zellers and your Jerises who when on any given week, because there is no such thing as a matchup, they can go huge. Uh, that's where I feel like it could be the perfect recipe. Um, obviously, there's only a couple of game weeks we can do that for until the European season finishes. But I think mm. that's where I've learnt my lesson because last year, Zeller would go big, Jerise would go big but then it would be my defenders or Claudio Bravo would tear another hamstring or something. <laughs> Speaking of Claudio Bravo, he's out this week with a hamstring injury. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> we love it. We love yeah, I it. I can't believe it. I, I saw actually already already the chaos has started. Eloy Room's out this week um, for visa issues, and I was like, ah, we're back. The MLS is back. Mm, I think it was it was a nice little taste of it last week with the J League coming back and just going into Discord. You know, I don't have that many J League cards. I have a few, but going into the Discord and just seeing the absolute chaos <laughs> of DMPs with no explanation whatsoever, no prior news. I think it's it's fun. I, can, I mean, I'm sure week one there's going to be some some real surprises, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's hard. It's hard to not get your hopes up. Like I'm coming into next week, and I'm like, I've got some good guys here, but as they showed last year, like just constant disappointment. Like you really, you cannot let that hope build up. Yeah, yeah. Do not don't don't hope for anything in America. I think I think you just gotta. It's so much fun to watch. I think you've just got to sit back and and have fun with it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now tell us, Elster. Um, I think last year we did a preseason, we did a mid-year review. Mm -hmm. Take two, we get another chance to predict the future. Yeah, have you got any ideas? Um, okay, well, so I think we've got we've got a couple of um, categories here to go through. So we've got the MLS Cup. Um, we should also talk about the new finals layout, which is pretty exciting. Um, we've got the MLS Cup. We've got the winners in the East. We've got the West, the winners in the West. We've got the Supporters Shield. So who's going to fin finish, you know, number one overall? Uh, we've got who do we think is going to regress the most? Who do we think is going to be the biggest loser of 2023? Who do we think is going to improve the most? We've got MVP. We've got Golden Boot. We've got Rising Star. So you want to kick it off with MLS Cup? MLS Cup. I have 
Philadelphia Union to make a comeback from last year's, uh, you know, last gasp Gareth Bale header. And I think I think they've kept a pretty similar squad, super solid roster. I think the only team that can defend in the MLS, I think they're going to go all the way this year. What about you, Ali? Ooh, uh, I I mean, it's it's too obvious to go with Philly or LAFC. I think, I think you're better than me, huh? I think Philly probably have the best squad and they probably should win it, especially with this new finals format. I think, you know, it takes that kind of luck of the draw out of it. Um, I am going to go out on a bit of a limb. I think the Seattle Sounders are going to win it this year. You reckon they're going to uh, emulate that form they showed in the CONCACAF? I think so. I'm I'm just looking at their team. I'm like, obviously, Rui Diaz, I think, is probably injured again, uh, which is great for you and your Haber card. (laughs) Um, But the fact that they've got Haber as their backup striker, I think they've got just pretty amazing pieces all over the pitch and they just sucked last year, but it was, it was so out of character for them. I think the CCL run really affected them and they don't have that this year. I think if Ladero can stay fit, they've got Jao Paolo back. They've got Rusnak, Roldan, like it's still a stacked team. They haven't really lost anyone that's, you know, any good. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I reckon Seattle will take it home. That's a good shout. I mean, you watched their games last year and you could tell the style of football they were trying to play was very cute, very, you know, a lot of interchanging of passes and it just wasn't, just wasn't clicking. But Mm. I I totally see what you mean. Like if they can get all those big boys on the park, all fit, some game time under the belt and that actually starts to come off. Like I just, yeah, it's a good point. I can't see the uh, San Jose defense keeping them out, you know? No, no. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what about, tell us, the biggest losers? Who do you think's dropping down the most places or having a rubbish 2023 compared to 2022 season? Um, look, I mean, I don't want this to be the case, but I think Austin will, will drop off a fair bit. I don't think they're going to... I think they'll still make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to have like this like crushing season that they did last year. I think they just rely a little bit too much on Druisi. Um I think, ooh, I think if it's like, if we're talking about like who's going to drop the most in terms of their position, I think probably Austin because they finished like second in the West last year. Um, But I think the most disappointing team will be Toronto. I think they're still going to suck. I I, I mean, if they keep all their boys on the pitch, the the Italians, then they'll do really well. But I I just have this feeling that one or two of them are going to get injured and then that's... It'll be all over. <laughs> yeah, their their defense is still rubbish as well. Um, I mean, they got Sean Johnson. Oh, they got Sean John well, back. But yeah. I don't know. They do have Sean Johnson, but maybe this is a bit harsh because it's just from a couple of games. But as soon as NYC weren't just dominating everyone, actually put under the pump a bit, he like had some really bad errors. And I wonder is he actually that good of a goalkeeper, or was he just behind <laughs> a stellar team? Yeah, that's that's not a bad not a bad shout when they had uh when they had Callens in the back and Tiago Martins was doing well, you know. He was he was he looked all roses, but then yeah, mm. it all fell apart pretty quickly, which yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think Toronto brought in Matt Hedges as well, who is apparently quite a quite a, a strong centre back, which they didn't have last year. So Toronto could do really well and I could totally have egg on my face, but I just have this feeling that they're gonna suck again. <laughs> 
My biggest disappointment or drop off for me is probably Dallas. Okay. I just think that I don't know if they can emulate what they had going last season. I've, there's a potential for some of their youngsters to move, get moves into overseas. Um, they lost hedges. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, which is the biggest thing we know about MLS is that what happened last season could be completely different this year. Like we looked at the 2021 results, completely different to what 2022 was. Wait a minute. This isn't my world. Disappointed! Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be fun. I think I, I think I probably agree with you on Dallas. I, I don't really, yeah, Dallas don't excite me that much. Probably because I just don't own any of their players on Soraya, so I don't pay attention to them. <laughs> I'm sure they're great, um, but yeah, I don't think they're gonna do as well this year. I think you're right. And for me, my biggest improver, I don't think anyone can top this team, is St. Louis, because they're going from nothing. <laughs> To something. Wise guy, huh? Come on, man. <laughs> That's a cop out. Have a <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, can, you can't really improve on you can't really improve pick another one. <laughs> um my biggest improver, no, seriously is Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Yeah, They've got right. the pieces on paper, but whether their thirty or eight goalkeeper can you know, not rupture his Achilles, yet to be seen. Bragazan, you sold him this week? Did sell him. Didn't, I think I've learnt my lesson, man. Stop having 38-year-old goalkeepers. It doesn't end well. Disappointed! No, it doesn't. Yeah. It, do, it really doesn't. Uh, and I, I think the worst thing about a 38-year-old goalkeeper is they lose their job and you know it's pretty much curtains for them. Like, if they get dropped that's it they're not getting a move yeah <laughs> they're going straight to the retirement village yeah absolutely um what about you mate what who's your biggest improver uh biggest improver i've got our boys this is, this is what i thought you were going to choose um before you you know gave us that bullshit answer uh the san jose earthquakes go san jose i think they're just going to Rip it up this year. They got a new coach. They got a new goalkeeper. Uh, I think Montero is gonna finally like slot in and, and be the Montero that he was a few years ago. I think Cade Cowell's gonna have a massive breakout season. Uh, finally, I just think. I mean, they haven't really added any extra pieces except for like a really solid D mid in that Grueso guy, um, which I think will make a world of difference to him. Um, but I think last year when they fired their coach, they actually were pretty good. And you and I both love watching San Jose. And I just feel like this year's their year, man. <laughs> Deep run. I like it. I would love I would love to see San Jose in the playoffs. I love the jersey. I love the team. There's no longer the coach, like you said, of throwing everyone forward and just getting absolutely killed on the counterattack. Yeah, I agree. San Jose to the moon. San Jose Stacks. Let's do it. Yeah, I might actually take all my money out of Sorare and just invest it into San Jose, the football club. <laughs> Great idea. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Tell us your MVP. Who's the most valuable player 2023 season? It was Hanny Mukhtar took it out last year. 
Annie Mukhtar did take it out last year. I am going to say... I'm going to say Lucas Celerayan. Damn it, man. That was mine. But we agree. <laughs> we agree. I just feel like he's... He's always been good. He was injured last year because I bought him for an ETH. So I really like cursed his career last year. I've sold him now. So now is his time to really flourish and just be like the Carlos Hill of a few years ago. Like I feel like he's got Cucho up front with him. They've got some good new pieces in there. I just feel like he's going to be the man. And yeah, I just have, I just have this feeling that I think Columbus are going to do well. I think they're going to make the playoffs and make a pretty good run, and I think he's going to be a big part of that. 100%. Um, agree with all those points. I actually tying into that, I think golden boot for me is Cucho. Um, I think that Columbus will do really well. I just I still think that defensively and still a few pieces missing, but in terms of attack, I think they're going to score a lot of goals this year. Uh, like you said, Zeller, he's been knocking on the door. If you look at his stats from when Cucho arrived last year, it's pretty impressive like even his AA game went up a shit ton just because there was actually someone getting on the end of his balls <laughs> <laughs> I think um, yeah I think that that makes a massive difference like you get those on his through balls on his through balls haha <laughs> you said balls you guys our family friendly rating Golden boot. <laughs> My golden boots. I mean, I mean, boot. I mean, shit. Um, ooh, this is a tricky one because uh, I think a lot of like the players who are kind of be in the running are going to actually bugger off to Europe in the in the summer, so that'll kind of like kill their run. Um, ooh, just looking through the list of uh, guys, I I don't think. You'd have to assume it's going to be someone who takes pens. Um, I reckon it could. Okay, I know I said Toronto are going to be terrible, but if Insigne stays fit, I think he's going to be the golden boot winner. That's fair. He actually plays unlike Bale, so has every chance. Ooh, burn! Yeah, I feel like he's. I think pretty sure he's going to take pens for them. Um, they just swapped out uh, Raul Jimenez for Savania from Dallas, so it just kind of confirms that they're going to be doing everything revolving around Insigne. If he takes pens and free kicks, I think him and Bernadeschi are going to crush if they stay fit. So, yeah, I think I think Lorenzo Insigne. Nice. And what about, just finally to wrap it up, your rising star, who's the uh, the young gun that's going to break out? Uh, I think my rising star, I haven't seen too much of him. Actually, there's a couple. Um, I think Cade Cal is finally going to have the season that we've been kind of, he's been kind of promising for a few years. Goal, Sam, ho, Sam! I think he's one to watch, but I think my, like, breakout player is going to be Darren Yappy from uh, Colorado. Um by all accounts, he's just he's been smashing it in preseason. Um, you know, he's got some good kind of playmakers around him in Cole Bassett and Jack Price, and not Kevin Cabral. I mean, Kevin Cabral won't score any goals, so I have this feeling Kevin Cabral is going to get dropped midway through the year. Um, I think Darren Yappy, this young like 
19-year-old guy. He's tall. He bangs goals in for fun. I just feel like he's going to be big biscuits this year. Nice. like it. One to keep an eye on. Yeah, I had Cade Cowell um, at San Jose. I think he'll be a big part of their resurgence up the table. I don't think there's any, like, obvious wonder kids. I think there's a few more last year where it was like, this guy and this guy, and, you know, they're coming in from Argentina and they're these, like, 19-year-old, 18-year-old wonder kids, and I don't, I haven't, re- I don't think there's that many of them this year. There's a couple that kind of could kick on, like Facundo Torres and, um, you know, some of those kind of players, but I don't think there's anyone that's, uh, yeah, really standing out to me. Nice. Pretty good. Well, I think we're, um, I, I can't see any of those being wrong. I think we're going to nail it. We're going to look back in nine months' time and be like, yeah, Toronto have sucked. LA Galaxy have gone on to win the whole bloody thing. And we're going to be geniuses. Like that's ever going to happen. Oh, I love it. I'm and very surprised of... if LA Galaxy win the MLS Cup this year. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. Hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> no, I mean, you do. You really never know. That is the <laughs> most true statement you can make about MLS is that you just have no fucking clue what's going to happen. Uh, I don't understand nothing today. If... <laughs> can you just like, just picture, just, just enlighten me for a little bit. Imagine this, right? We start the year. San Jose, they're seven and nothing. They haven't lost a game. They've kept six clean sheets, and then mm. all of a sudden they get this big following. They're the new LAFC. Messi ditches into Miami, goes to San Jose Earthquakes, playing alongside with Montero, and they win the thing. Messi, Messi, Montero, Earthquakes. Let's make it happen, 2023. I mean, there's no greater match that I can imagine in footballing history than Messi and the San Jose Earthquakes. <laughs> I mean, if Messi goes to San Jose, I cannot wait to just constantly hear that commentator say, Goal, San Jose! Goal, San Jose! A million times in the season. <laughs> just Messi, just raining, raining sweet volleys into the net all year. It's going to be great. So I really hope that comes true. I've actually... Absolutely. Do you think that the Messi to Miami is going to happen in all seriousness? I think it could. I've actually been looking at trying to buy a Messi for that exact reason. I'm like, hey, it's Messi. Like, even if he doesn't go to Miami, he'll still crush at PSG or wherever he goes unless he retires. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, if he goes to the MLS, like, you can shut down the Sarre game. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just Messi hundreds every week, surely. Yeah, it'll just be interesting to see whether he's like a Gareth Bale where he doesn't play, he plays when he wants to play. Do you know what I mean? Because that, that was the worst thing. It was like, oh, yes, we got Bale. And then he started one game for the whole year. I mean, Bale had been doing that for like two years before he came to LAFC. Like it was pretty, you know, there's all the memes about, you know, golf, Wales, Real Madrid. You know, it's like he wasn't really ever... His heart wasn't in it, whereas I feel like Messi is a bit more of a professional. But you are right in that I would not be very surprised to be like, oh, my God, Messi's come to Miami, and then every other week he's injured. You know, I wouldn't. that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. But 
if he comes and plays, whew, look out. Someone said the other day on a Twitter um, post, they said, if Messi goes to Miami, it'll make MLS one of the top fives and top five leagues in the world. And like, I will mm. say like, obviously the quality is not there, but in terms of being a league that can actually land guys like Messi, he does have a point. Messi's never going to go to, you know, the Eredivisie or, or Belgium or any of those better leagues because, but, in the MLS, there is a home for those kind of guys. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if it's if it necessarily makes the MLS one of the best leagues in the world. Um, I think it's just got it's got that star pulling power. You know, you can come and live in America and take part in the American sports. You know, uh, kind of mega jam that is the MLS. So, I think if you look at all the big names that have come, they've all been like at the end, right at the end of their careers. I think the A-League probably has a similar kind of pull in that, except there it's like at the other end of the scale, where it's like, you know, lesser known superstars right at the end of their career when they're like 45, they come to the A-League because it's like, hey, come and live in Australia. It's nice. Hang out by the beach. Whereas, you know, if you're Lionel Messi, you probably don't want to go and live in Contre. Yeah, that's fair. It's like someone put together a montage of um, former Premier League players when they arrived to the A-League, and in every interview they go, I'm not here for a holiday. It's like, yeah, you are, mate. <laughs> yeah, you are. Come on. You're here for a holiday. Anyway, all right. Simon, just... have we got the A-League yet? Can somebody please tell me when is A-League? We do not have the A-League, and I've lost all faith Why? in humanity because Nicholas isn't answering my calls. Disappointed! Mate, Nicholas. I don't want... I don't want the A-League anymore, you know? There's too many cards. Everyone's freaking out. I said I want it. Maybe I don't now. I don't know. Come talk to me in two weeks. Burn that jersey. I don't want it. I do want it. Your I boy's actually in great please. form, by the way. So Matthew Leckie would be a great card to have right now, just quietly. But anyway. I know. I know. Anyway. Moving on. Tell us about some, uh, some buy low, sell high. How can we make some money? Are we making some money? We're making some money? We're making some money. I let the stocks decide my move. Fuck! Fuck! Damn it! Wait, is green good? Green's good? Okay, never mind. Roll the All right, special MLS edition of buy low, sell high. Give it to um, me. Obviously, hard to you know necessarily make any calls on these players before the season started, but so these are some pretty bold predictions. But we'll start with the sell highs, because there's a couple of guys in there which are, you know, in the midst of a so rare market crash, are still very highly priced. Um, the couple that I've highlighted are Evander from Portland. Uh, I'm sure you've heard lots of hype about around Evander. Um, you know, he's come from Midgetland in uh, in in Denmark. Denmark? Is, yeah. is it actually called Midgetland? Midgetland. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> Land of the Giants. Um, so let me just share my screen here. Let's check him out. All right. So he's currently going well. His floor is an ETH. I mean, there's not that many cards available. If you've got one of these, I don't think he's going to maintain that value. You know, I think the last one, here you go, last one sold for 1200 US dollars. I think he could be good. Um, but I just, I've seen so many players come to the MLS and in their first season, they just struggle to adapt to the style of play, um, you know, 
he definitely is good. If you look at those scores, you know, he's got some hundreds in him. A bit kind of in and out of the team and towards the end. I think, I just don't know if he's going to be an ETH worth. Um, you know, I think I would wait and see with Evander. I could be totally wrong and he could be the absolute cheat code in the MLS this year, but I just think people are overhyping him because he's come from another league and people love to hype up the unknown. Um, so I think if you've got yourself an Evander, don't wait until week one when he rolls out, you know, a 36. <laughs> I reckon sell now and then potentially buy him back in a couple of weeks when, you know, his scores haven't been that great, but he's got the potential to really, you know, kick off once he gets used to the league. It's a pretty high price for a guy that's going to be um, playing second fiddle to the greatest uh, central attacking midfielder in, in the MLS. It's interesting. Papa. Yes. Um, obviously, he'll play behind Sebastian Blanco, of course, right? They would, uh, you would never not play Papa. Of course, I mean, I'm pretty sure Evander's just going to be carrying, you know, towels and boots and just kind of, you know, bring in Sebastian, you know, oranges whenever he needs them or, you know, hydrolite when he's feeling, you know, a bit dehydrated. Um, you know, he, he'll get his opportunities, yeah, but good. yeah, obviously good. he's got to, he, he's got, he's got to pay homage to the great man. Yeah. Good. Just clarifying that. Um, and my second, second sell high again, this is kind of like, if you can, if you can move him, uh, Roman Celentano, who's the under 23 keeper from Cincinnati, um, currently listed at 0.9 has been selling for like 0.54, um, most recently. So I think you probably could sell him for about 0.6 if you wanted to at the moment. Um, I just don't think he's going to keep. I think I've heard lots of whispers that uh, Alec Khan is going to get the job back. Uh, I don't think Salantano did a bad job last year, but I just think I feel like uh, Cincinnati are going to be in a very much like a win now kind of mindset after the success they had last year. Um, I think Vasquez and Brenner are probably going to be gone in the summer. So I think they probably just want to like put out their most experienced players, win as many games as they can between now and then, you know, to try and kind of see them through uh, to the finals. So, yeah, I would just be wary of Salantano. Obviously, his price will spike if he does start, but I just feel like it's an expensive card to sit on all year, you know, if he's, if he's going to be riding the bench. There's a few, um, there's a few goalkeeper spots up for grabs this year, actually, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be um, interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see who gets the DC United job. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Brad Gazan can keep his spot all year uh, or whether they bring in another old guy that they've got they've already signed. <laughs> um, and, I mean, yeah, there's got, probably going to be a few injuries as well. So it's going to be, yeah, I think the uh, the pull scamp Melia um, kind of saga is still going. I think Melia's got the job, but... Everyone's been waiting for Pulse Camp to get the job for years, so it's going to be very interesting. Mm. That's what I mean. The joys of uh, first week back is not going to be as routine as everyone thinks. There's going to be a few surprise packets in there. Absolutely. All right, well, buy lows. So these are some uh, kind of value picks that I've um, noticed. I've, I've tried to keep it kind of more towards the budget end for people um, rather than, you know, these, I think these are all like under 0.1 ETH. Uh, the first one that I'd like to highlight is Jean Mota uh, from Inter Miami. Um, 
played pretty much every game last year, I believe. Um, yeah, there you go. Pretty con- I had one game off after a red card, I, I assume. Um, Mr. Consistent, you know, racks out the kind of 50s, 55s, your classic CDM, really, uh, in MLS. Nothing too exciting. Um, but I do believe from the preseason and just from reading a few things that he will be taking over the set pieces, at least until uh, Lionel Messi arrives. Um, so all of a sudden, you know, those 55s, 56s that you get every week, if, you know, um, who they bought, Martinez, uh, if Martinez and Campana are like latching onto those corners, latching onto those free kicks, then those 50s and 60s can all of a sudden become 80s and 90s. And those are the kind of players that you really want to like latch onto if they can do that with any kind of consistency. So Jean Mota, um, just under 0.1 at the moment. Um, last, last, last sale was 0.06. So you can get him for pretty cheap. Who have you got? Who's next? Who's next? Cab off the ranks. Now, this one could be a complete disaster. Um, it's nice. our boy Graham Zusi. He's, he's still old. playing. He's still playing. He's handsome. He's got a great beard. He's less than a threshold for rare. Um, but he's just re-signed a contract with Sporting KC. And I don't think there's anyone else on their depth chart that's going to play right back. So for point zero two, if you're looking to put together a bit of a budget team, we've already said that defender is a tough position to fill in the MLS. You can't be guaranteed of a clean sheet. You can't be guaranteed of any AA. Zussi's very good at whipping in crosses. They've got Polito back now. They've got their full front three firing. I think they're going to be big improvers this year. And, I mean, he scores well when he plays. Obviously, he had a few weeks off here and there. But when he plays, you know, he's banging in 60s. He's getting assists. He's getting goals. Uh, and like I said, I don't think there's anyone who's challenging for that right-back position. So, for point oh two, I think you could – I reckon it's probably worth a flyer. He's just as likely to get a 60 as, a you know, your Claudio Bravos and, and all those other right-backs. Adam this, I think he might be left. But um, any of those fullbacks – especially in the MLS, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, you can look at his... I didn't realise I wasn't sharing my screen, but look, you know, those are the scores of someone that you usually pay at least 0.1, Obviously, you get some real duds down here, but that's going to happen. Um, but I think he'll start, and I think, yeah, I just feel like you can't really go wrong. You know, you, you, you put him in a 240 team and you get your threshold one week and he's been paid for. You got a free player. So, yeah, Graham Zussi. Absolutely. Speaking of things that uh, can't go wrong, after many weeks of anticipation, we finally rolled out our underdog, our Wolfsburg full stack on the weekend just gone. Um, let's just say it wasn't the... Uh, exciting start to our relationship that we might have been after. No, um, I watched the, uh, I watched some highlights of the game. Um, it was not great. Three uh, nil drubbing to RB Leipzig, who to be fair, are one of the best teams in Germany. So, you know, can't be too hard on our boys. Um, I made a bit of a rookie error in that I tried to fit our Wolfsburg team into the Cat 270 mode. I thought, look, they've got a tough matchup. We don't want them up against all the Champ Europe boys. We don't want them in All-Star. 
cap 270, who knows, we might just pull ourselves a rare. Um, so I pulled in uh, one of the young boys there. Uh, what was his name? Can't remember his name, but um, he's dead to me because he was a DNP. <laughs> he was listed at 90% probability on the on the Play Sharper app and just out of nowhere, not in the team. So he really let us down straight away, and it was probably a good thing anyway because had we got our hopes up with some good scores, it would have been crushing to have that DNP, but luckily everyone was pretty awful. Um, poor old Cohen Castile's at the back here. I watched the highlights. They were all pretty good goals. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily to blame. Um, you know, our left back got subbed off at half time. Uh, you know, Maxi Arnold, you know, did okay. Our striker never had a chance in Jonas Wind up the front there. Basically, they just, every time they had the ball, they lost the ball. So you can see, like, their midfielders got some great scores um, because they were constantly winning tackles. Our boys were just losing the ball left, right, and center. So it wasn't a great start. They've got a good matchup against uh, FC Colne this week. So I've, they've luckily they sucked. So they've, they can all fit in the 270 cap this week. So uh, I've got our boy Patrick Wimmer. Uh, I'll, I'll put him in the team. So I reckon we. I reckon this. This you know after a bit of a spluttery start, this is this is the real Wolfsburg beginning. Okay, I have to uh, have to tune in and watch because yeah, I think what did we get in total? It might have been like 160 points or something. Um, Sorry, guys. I, I was gonna you know kick it up the other end and just put one right in their fucking goal hole, but no dice. We were, we were nowhere was... near anything. It was bad. So, I mean, it, it literally cannot go any worse from here, surely. That's it. Only way is up. So, I don't know about you, Simon, but I've been doing a little bit of research about our Wolfsburg boys. I've been learning a little bit about the culture of Wolfsburg. So, look, I mean, each week I'm going to try and come back to you with some, some facts. You know, I want to do some player profiles. I want to get start getting to know the players, you know, figure out who our favourites are. You know, I, I want to keep adding to our squad. I don't want to just have the five we've got now. I want to keep adding to it. Um, but, look, I mean, Wolf, Wolfsburg, uh, funnily enough, st joined the Bundesliga in 1938. Uh, Wolfsburg, I don't know if you knew this, but they are, it is where it's the home of Volkswagen. Volkswagen, das Auto. And that's where the factory is. And the team was actually started in 1938 because they just wanted a team for all the Volkswagen employees to play in. So it was actually like made up of Volkswagen employees. Uh, and it still is. Um, all of these guys have side hustles working at the Volkswagen factory. Um, Maxi Arnold's on headlights um, and Cohen Castile's is actually uh, in marketing. So it's, yeah, pretty interesting little tradition that they've got there that they've carried through. Um, you know, I must, it must explains be hard the working. Poor performance. Yeah, it explains the poor performance on the weekend. They obviously put in a big shift at the factory, quickly made their way to the game. I mean, you can't blame them. I mean, look, we're in a recession. Selling cars at the moment is tough. You know, you know they're all on back order. Finance is a nightmare. And that pressure's been put down on, on the boys, you know. And we, how can you be expected to go out and bang in five goals when you've been tearing your hair out over a you know steering wheel manufacturing line for twelve hours, it's just I mean I think they need to sort it out to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so look, Wolfsburg. Um, 
it's been very interesting getting to know uh, the Wolfsburg boys. Um, can't wait to see how they roll out this weekend, and you know, like we'll give some more updates on them uh, next week. Amazing, thank you. Um, I feel so much filled with knowledge. You know, I've just latched onto that bit of information now, and now I can watch the the Wolfsburg boys with a little bit more appreciation of the work they do behind the scenes. You know, keeping Germany moving. That's right, the tired Wolfsburg boys. You know. <laughs> Well, all right, let's move on to our podium dangerous. Uh, apart from our Wolfsburg boys, which are going to bounce back in a big way mm-hmm. and win a Scullions, run us through what's some of your best lineups for the week. Uh, obviously, MLS back and J-League as well. You'll have lineups coming out your ears. Okay, well, I think I need your help on this one. I'm, I've been kind of tearing my hair out ever since the, uh, the game week opened. Um, I'm not sure which way I should go. Um, I've got a couple of options. I've got, oh, let me share my screen. I keep forgetting to do that. All right. So I could go the all-star super rare route. I feel like I've got five good all-star, five good super rares, all with pretty good fixtures this week. Now, I mean, Nicola's on an absolute tear. He's playing the last place team. Sinjin obviously is the GOAT. Daniel Wass has been killing it. Shosasaki had a bit of a rough start last week, but they're playing a newly promoted team. Murakami, nah, you know, he's Murakami. Um, he could let the whole thing down. My issue, I guess, is I'm really counting on this team. If, if this team just, like, pulls me a Tier 2 or a Tier 3, is that, especially in today's market, is that reward even going to be sellable? You know, is it worth putting all my good super airs into one team when... They're not, they may not, you know, do, is this capable of finishing in the top 10, basically, is the question I need to uh, uh, answer. Um, on the flip side of that, I could potentially go, you know, focus on Rare Pro like I do usually. Um, and I'd probably go, I think my strongest team would probably be Challenger Rare Pro. I've got a Darn up against some shit kickers from the middle of nowhere. I've got Daniel Munoz up against, you know, one of the last place teams. Daniel Wass, as we've spoken about, Nicola, as we've spoken about, and then the almighty god that is Jao Mario um, in there as well. So I can't really see that team losing, but I guess I just, do I have the courage to go all all in on, on Super Rare? What would you do with those remaining three Super Rares if you did go the Rare route, Rare Pro route? I would put in probably two other uh, rare pro lineups. So I'd have like an all-star rare pro where I'd put Sasaki and Shinjin alongside some others. And then I'd probably have an America pro where I'd have like Darwin Quintero up front, super rare, um, maybe Alaman in there as well. So I've got, I think I can, basically I can either have three pretty strong rare pro teams or I can have one quite strong super rare team with the obvious incentive that potentially I could win a good super rare. Mm. So are you saying that any tier two or tier three super rares, not great? Yeah. I mean, my initial, my initial strategy this year was going to be all in on America super rare. So just roll out America super rare team out as my main team each week for America. Um, because I learned last year that you just can't predict who's going to, <laughs> who's going to do anything, so may as well just go for broken super rare. 
Um, that kind of got thwarted by the fact that Bravo is out this week. So, but I just thought like, that's, you know, five pretty tasty super rares um, that could potentially, they've all got potential to hit 75 plus, you know, except Murakami. <laughs> is it better to just go all in on those super rares who you know are locked in and playing than potentially wasting some of those super rares if some first week shenanigans happen? with your rares? Well, I mean, my, my, if I was to go down the rare pro route, um, it would be, it would be, I wouldn't be putting them in with like MLS players that may or may not play. I'd be putting them in with guaranteed starters. So like Tom Hay, Ducks has got a game against like the, the worst team in Germany. Arias is always strong. I put them in with Sasaki and Shinjin, and then like America Rare Pro. I mean, I could I could chuck Carlos Heel in there. I could I could maybe even go like a Galese in goal. You know, I've got some pretty good options in America. I could ooh, I could go on Alaman. So I don't I, think, I, th I don't think I'd be like running any risks. I think split the super rares up. Yeah. I, I just so. think in terms of actually getting back value, if you it's not worth it. Like even if you win a tier two, if it's super rare and it's no good, like you won't be able to sell it for a long time, most likely. That's it. I'm kinda like I don't have the super rares to be winning to be to be really pushing for podium, so what's the point? Whereas these rare proteins probably could probably could have it, especially that challenger pro team. That's that's podium dangerous. That's extremely podium dangerous. <laughs> I like it. Nice. What about you, mate? This is you've been waiting months for this moment. <laughs> so long. Um, I think I'm looking at my teams. I'm going to target All Star Rare. Um, I thought about potentially running a 240 or a 270 team and playing a Gazan. Changed that strategy. Uh, sold him. I think I'm that's going to target All Star. Look, hope for the best. Um, got Joe Willis in goals. Good chance up against an NYC FC that's going into the shitter this year. Remember that? Um, and then Sasaki, a little bit worried about. Um, he they're may look like, good. They're playing like some, like a team from J2. So yeah. hopefully he can do something. Uh, roll out my Tom Hay, who's solid. Got 59 AA. Nothing. Yep. Uh, Andrew Weesey against the new St. Louis team, which is tasty. Now, my only thing is, man, is I've brought in the guy that has been incredible for the past two, three months. He's been pumping out 60s for fun, 90s as a center back. I buy him. The first week I play him, he gets 30. <laughs> Nicholas Otamende. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, Alistair. I'm sorry to all the Otamende owners. It's my fault. I, I take all the blame. Oh, dear. I mean, I... I... I have to think that's just that's just an outlier. Uh, I feel like it looks like from that game last week that all of the um, all of the Benfica backline did badly. I don't know what was going on in that game, but um, yeah, I, uh, I I just I hope he comes. I really hope he comes back. <laughs> I hope that was just a one-off. Um, I don't think you. I don't think you can really go wrong by chucking him in a team. Um, you know, at the end of the day, 
those 30 scores are pretty rare when he's playing for Benfica. Yeah, there's a couple of them in there, but usually it's sea green. Yeah, so I think I'm pretty confident. I think I'm combining actually like a fair few different leagues there in that team. I think that's the the best way to win All Star is take the the pros from each you know separate section. Um, mm-hmm. Take the defensive side of the J League and combine it with the MLS um, in your forwards and mids. Uh, so that's my podium dangerous team for the week, mate. I love it. I love it. So Sasaki is he's going in there as well? I think so. It's a bit risky running the two defenders, but like you said, he's up against the newly promoted team. So Yeah. Who are you captaining? I think I might captain Druisi. Okay. Okay. I because like that. if like Druisi doesn't score, I'm pretty much, you know, I'm not going to win anything good anyway. So. I see. I like it. Well, I'm very excited for you to be back. Um, I mean... As we all know, nothing can go wrong. So cannot wait for next week when we open up a couple of star rares for each other. Absolutely, mate. It's good to be back. The MLS is here. Let's get our hopes absolutely torn down once again. We'll uh, <laughs> catch you on next week, mate. See, See you, mate. Bye. Bye.